Welcome back to the Portage Health Foundation podcast. My name is Michael Babcock. I am your host, and today we are joined um, by Hillary Sunblad of Ontonagon Area School. She's an elementary school teacher there. We are going to talk about a whole bunch of different things going on with the education world in the Copper Country, um, as well as maybe have some fun, uh, maybe doing some jabbing. She's from Lake Linden, which is uh, one of our top 15 favorite cities in the Copper Country. Um, I, you know, that's not a scientific estimate, but I think it's going to be about right. Um, so we're going to talk about all kinds of things. Before we do that, I do want to mention that our scholarship opportunities are going on still. Uh, the deadline to apply is March 4th. So if you know anybody who's a senior in high school at any of the schools in our four county area, make sure they apply. phfgive.org slash scholarships is where you go to find out information about those. And the important thing to know is we have 47 scholarships available, including three each for every high school in the four county area, which includes Barraga, Houghton, Keweenaw, and Ontonagon counties. Um, So again, phfgive.org slash scholarships. We also have um, one that's specifically for uh, non-traditional students. If you know somebody that's going back to school, no matter what they're going back to school for, um, have them check that out because it's a really nice opportunity to make school a little bit more affordable, which is um, important. Anyways, we are here with Hillary. Hillary, welcome to the PHF podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited. We've been talking about doing this for kind of a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually just reading through um, some of our annual report uh, content. Um, we had an article that's going to be in the 2020 version. So check out, that's going to be coming out soon, where you're actually quoted talking about capturing kids' hearts, which we're going to go into. So that was a fun one. So we are starting, though, with something called Superior Educators. So I'm hoping you can um, tell the audience a little bit about what Superior Educators is. Yeah, sure. So Superior Educators, it kind of started as a brainchild of some administrators from Calumet. And the idea was during, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. So the idea was to kind of recognize the educators, support staff, teachers um, who are going above and beyond in a time when, you know, it's, it, it's really necessary to kind of do that. So we have a committee, we meet monthly, and we, we discuss these, these, superior, these kind of superior educators. Um, and anybody can nominate somebody for the superior educator position. It's really important um, that we kind of get the word out there. Our website is superioreducators.org, and it's super easy to make a nomination. You just do a little write-up, and it's really rewarding to see these people get the recognition that they so rightly deserve. Yeah, and you are one of the teachers who, um, and and I will say, you're not eligible to win, so you won't see Hillary as one of the superior educators because we we want to make sure the committee members aren't somebody that gets that wins like that. Even though they should be celebrated, they're all amazing, um, and they're all listed. If you go to superior educators and go to the about section, you can see um, all of the people that are helping out with this. Um, you were nominated for one of them. Tell me about the emotion when you heard about you winning and you got to see those words that were said about you by um, you know somebody random like that. It always helps. It's it's so nice to see people. Um, kind of take the time out of their day to recognize things that I or any other teacher is doing. It really, you know, I got teary-eyed. It's nice. I love what I do, and it's so rewarding anyway, but it's really nice to see other people watching what we're doing and, and just kind of saying, hey, we see you and we recognize you, and that's so cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, speaking of getting to your head and, and that, that kind of overcome with the emotion thing, um, you know, you, um, as a teacher, you probably don't have too many, but you still have meetings and meetings are a little bit like, oh my gosh, roll the eyes a little yeah. bit. We got to go sit through a meeting. Um, but my favorite meetings right now are the superior educators ones. We meet, t- we get together roughly once a month. Um, tell me about your take on those meetings. Cause I, I can tell you what mine is, but I want to hear yours first, first. Yeah, no, I love those meetings too, because I do, I have to attend a lot of meetings, staff meetings, uh, different committee meetings. And these are my favorite favorite as well because we just get to read through these nominations we they're made by people who just genuinely appreciate um what teachers and support staff are doing out there and they are it's so nice to see that 
and, yeah. I, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, they're filled with uh, like sunshine. I mean, they are just, they're fun, and it is so amazing to read these. I do want to give a, a little tip to the audience. Um, we will be publishing, um, I don't know if we'll be publishing every word that's written or how we'll do it, but at the end of the school year, um, we'll recognize everybody who's nominated, even if they didn't, weren't one of the people that gets, you know, gets awards for your educator. And I, I, I mean, as for me, there's a ton of um, things that come in, and there's some really good ones. Tell me about like the quality of those nominations that come in from your perspective. I, when we started getting the nominations, I mean, we, we talked about doing a write-up for everybody who was nominated, but I guess I wasn't expecting them to be so heartfelt and in-depth, and they just, I mean, some of, the, some of these, the writing in these nominations could, it, they read like a novel. Like, it really, it, it makes me so happy, and like we mentioned before, teary-eyed, because you can tell they're coming from a place of genuine respect and emotion. Yeah, and none of them are something that, you know, you are forced to put these in there. No, no, no class assignment is saying you have to fill these out. So all of them are coming in um, just on, on their own merits. The next one will actually be coming out tomorrow. They come out the 1st and the 15th of every month. So look for them. Um, SuperiorEducators.org's website. Go sign up. We get an email alert for them. Um, you know, we talk about the ray of sunshine being those meetings. But also, if you want a little positive in your email inbox, sign up for this. Because all you're going to do is get two emails a month that say, this is an amazing person. Read about them. Um, so I'd highly suggest that. Um, you can also follow along the Portage Health foundation on facebook instagram all of those things um that's where we post the winners every month um and and again the, the pictures of them are beautiful too so shout out to some of our photographers out there emma katie page there's a few other uh, megan they've been taking amazing photos of these educators which um is easy to do because they're wonderful people and wonderful people are easy to take pictures of because they're always smiling and and ready to go um i do want one more thing on spirit educators though what is your like somebody's out there right now and they're like you know i want to nominate somebody or they've already nominated somebody but they haven't seen them as a winner yet what would be your tip to them to be like i want my nomination to really stand out how can somebody stand out when they put that nomination in so i guess my tip would be when you're when you're doing the write-up think about the reasons why you think this person deserves this nomination they are they've obviously affected you deeply otherwise you're not on the website clicking make a nomination so write about that i mean don't don't hold back with the from the emotion and the feeling standpoint because that must be why you're nominating them in the first place Absolutely. And you're, you're spot on. They're doing it because they want to. Um, and remember that the people who are reading these nominations likely don't know the teacher. I mean, a lot of them they do know, but a lot of them, they're people that they've never met before. So this nomination might be the only thing people know about them. Um, anyways, on to the next topic. I, I'm one of the, really excited to have you on here to talk about Capturing Kids Hearts. We've brought this to um, every single school but one now in the four-county area, and it's gone over really well at almost all of them. Talk to me about your experience with Capturing Kids Hearts and, and what it's been like to have that kind of training uh, heading into the class. I so I absolutely love capturing kids hearts I've been to two the two trainings so there's one and two and I've also been to the champions training so I'm a capturing kids heart champion and every time I go I just I leave loving everything more just loving life more um it's been a huge thing in my own classroom I I um I've implemented so many different things that they suggest that we do in these trainings and I've seen a remarkable difference in my students. They are more considerate. They're kinder. They're more deliberate in the things that they do. Like they, they think before they act and it's just, I, I can't say enough good things about it. That's, um, that's exactly what I was kind of figuring you would say. What you, you went to that first one. What did it bring to your classroom immediately? You know, you, you did that right before school started. School started a week later. It's not like you could sit there and, and plan out months of things. And you've already ready to go for the school year. What did it bring to your classroom right off the bat? So 
Yeah, because we did. I think we did it. It was like three days before the school year started. It was pretty much right before. And it is is a little bit intentional just to get people a little bit more fired up because in addition to all the little logistics things, there's also just a mindset change of like, you're you're an educator. How awesome is that? Mm -hmm. So what what, what kind of things did it like for that first uh, start? So one of the big parts of all the Capturing Kids Hearts trainings, it's something called the social contract. And you, I mean, it's sort of a classroom management tool. You talk with your students about what they expect of you and what you expect of them and what they expect of each other. And I did that on the first day back after that training. I did that contract and the kids immediately, they were like, wow, usually they, usually our teachers just put the rules up on the board. They make them up themselves, but we get to make our own rules. And the stuff that they came up with, I, it, it was things that I would have told them anyway. Right. But they got to come up with it. So they were able to take ownership over the rules and the ideas. And I feel like it's more effective that way. Yeah. Um, is it something that with that social contract is one of the, the first examples we talk about whenever we talk about it as well, because it is, it's very tangible. Mm-hmm. Um, is it something that you were able to kind of utilize all year and did you edit it at all or did it kind of stay the same all year? Um, yes, it's something we utilize all year and yes, we, I edit it all the time. Like I actually just, it's funny last week, you know, things have been weird with snow days and, and we're... You guys you know, were closed for a little while too for the COVID stuff, right? For COVID, right? yep. Yeah, we, we were shut down for about a week and a half. So things have been a little weird and we needed to kind of revisit classroom expectations. And so last week, one of my kids said, could we could we add a few things to this list? And I said, absolutely. So we went through again. We did the whole activity again and we came up with some things to add. So Wow. That, like, mm-hmm. that sounds really... Um, empowering for a student to have, have pulled right. aside and like, can we redo this rule sheet? Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the whole thing with capturing kids' hearts is they it's giving them the power to advocate for themselves. I mean, so there's another big part of capturing kids' hearts is tell me something good. So I have a tell me something good wall. And every morning when the kids come in, they grab a sticky note, they write down something good that's going on in their lives, they stick it on the wall, and then I read them out in the morning. Um, and it Do you was, keep that anonymous or is it like, it, like, oh, Tommy said this? And... It's their choice. Okay. If they want to put their name on it, they want me to read their name, it's fine, but they don't have to. Yep, yep. And some of them do and some of them don't. But so I had a, a student who's, it was his birthday, and one of my other kids said, do you think instead of telling you something good today, we could tell him something good today? And so, and that was their idea. I didn't, I didn't come up with it at all. So instead of sticking on the wall, things that were going on in their life, they stuck on the wall, good things about this student whose birthday it was. Wow. And that's another, I mean. Is that a new classroom tradition then? Because I could see that mm-hmm. being very powerful for it the is, students. Yes, yeah. We do it now. We do it every time there's a birthday. And it was actually, it was my birthday two weeks ago. And yeah. they, they didn't tell me they were going to do it, but they did it for me. Oh, wow. And they stuck them all on my desk. Yeah. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, just heartwarming stuff right there. And I got to say, and I'm speaking for others. Uh, I, I, I say I'm a little bit of a victim of this as my birthday is often during spring break. Um, <laughs> but you got to do half birthdays for those with the summer ones. So that way they get to participate <laughs> yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Or maybe in the last week of May, we'll just, we'll celebrate everybody. Or oh, something I like, like that. that. I like that. Or one at a time anyways. That way they get their, you know, they, get their attention. These are elementary things. schoolers. <laughs> uh, us adults are still that way sometimes. But, you know, Absolutely. that's neither here nor there. I do want to put a quick test on you though. And I sat through some of these trainings. So I, I think I know what's going to happen in this situation, but you have this thing. They put the stickies up on the wall. Uh-huh. Let's say, um, you know, Sally comes in and writes something kind of rude and puts it on the wall. What, what do you do in that situation? Well, usually what I'll do is it depends. If I know who it is, I it's will. It's Sally. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> if I know it's Sally, then before I read it out loud, I'll look at Sally and I'll say, is this is this something good that's happening, though? And nine times out of ten, Sally will, Sally will say, well, no. And then I'll say, well, why don't you tell me something that we can get excited about? What's something that, that's good that's happening in your life? And usually that's what will happen. Yeah. If, you know, I'm kind of zoning out and I don't re- read it before I actually speak it out loud, which has happened then it would be the same thing i I would look at sally and i would say well that that doesn't seem like necessarily a good thing do you have anything else that you can share and it usually when they realize that i'm not i'm not contributing to whatever they're trying to do it usually you know we just kind of move past it yeah so tell me about that one out of ten though you know sally looks at you and goes yeah it's a good what do (laughs) what do you do then i'm I'm pushing because i've sat through these trainings so it's fun to do this (laughs) well because if so you're, we're talking, I've already interacted with her and she's not backing down. Right, right. Okay. I would say, I would say, okay, why don't you join me outside? And then I would talk to her outside, which is what I do with all my kids who are having discipline problems. Yep. And I would say, right now you're behaving your way out of the classroom. Would you like to go back in and tell us something good? Or would you like to stay out here for a while? Um, I would probably call a foul on her yep. uh that's a capturing kids hearts thing and, and there's a there's a whole foul there's a there's yeah. hand motions that go yeah, with that like, we're not yeah. in video but there's hand <laughs> motions and everything yeah yeah <laughs> um so that's what i would do and they're kind of with capturing kids hearts they're kind of flexible with how you deal with fouls but what i always do is okay i'm calling a foul i want you to give two put-ups to and a put-up would be like an affirmation saying something good to anybody in the room and at that point, I've already warned her about behaving her way out. If she does it again, then that's you know, her actions caused her to have to leave the classroom. Right, right. And so, as an educator, um, are these tools things that you're that you go through a lot during your education as well? I mean, you're you're a young teacher, so you've recently graduated. Um, were these things you learned um, really word for word in classes as well? Like the the management tools and things like right, that. Right, right. Sort of. I mean, there's. <sighs> There's so much literature out there and research out there about, uh, you know, every every year or so there's, this is the great new thing in teaching. This behavior management system is going to completely revolutionize your classroom. And so I've read a lot of things. Right. And I've, I've read a, about a lot of classroom management strategies, but I will say I've never come across anything quite like this. And I haven't come across anything that works so well for me Yeah. in my classrooms. Yep. And the other benefit of that is, and, and maybe you could speak to this better than I would, I'm sure, but um, the idea is that what you're doing is actually pretty similar to what they had the year before when they were in you know, third grade. Right. Or, at what level do you teach again? Fifth. Fifth grade. So mm-hmm. yeah, in fourth grade, they had a similar situation. And when they get to sixth grade the following year, even though it's going to be in the middle school maybe, I don't know how your school is structured like that, but mm-hmm. it'll be the same language. How exactly. beneficial is that? It's really beneficial because they know they know what a social contract is. They know what foul means. If you, know, if you call a foul on a student who's maybe not behaving in a way that is productive for the classroom they know what that means and they know that they have some choices now so that helps it really helps when you have a building that follows it with fidelity because all the kids know what to expect excellent um and so my next question is kind of going to the second uh year of training um that was do you guys have mitch this year who was your second one no we had uh kristen 
Oh, Kristen. Okay, mm-hmm. so tell me about the second year. What was it like? Because I know it's very different than the first one, and I haven't had the opportunity to sit through the second session yet. Yeah, it is really, and she told us that right away because the first session, and I know you you've attended the first session, Mike. It's really, really emotional. I mean, it's it's fun too. It's, though. Oh, it's super fun, but it's you know you're kind of digging deep, and you're you're finding out who you are, and it's and it's tears, and it's laughter, and it's hugs, and things like that. And the second one has some of some of those. Uh, those things but it also the second training really focuses on um, kind of implementing these things like okay here's our plan this is what we're going to do and I liked that it it combined the emotion and the recognizing that we're teachers and we're doing great things but it also talked about the practicality of the whole program and I really enjoyed that. Excellent. And you are a process champion. I am, yes. Um, Tell me about what that means. How do you become a process champion? So process champions with capturing kids' hearts after you've attended uh, the first two trainings, they have like a circle um, of champions. It depends on how big your school is. Our our team, I think, has six people. Um, And it's ideally people who are um, acting out the capturing kids' hearts, um, the, the items from capturing kids' hearts every day. So the idea behind the champions is that they're the ones who are trying to implement these new ideas and making sure that people follow with fidelity. Like we, at our last champions meeting, we came up with a staff affirmations board. It's in our uh, staff lounge right now. Everybody's got their own bag and everybody's got their name. And then, you know, it was, it was me while I was walking around to teachers' classrooms and bugging them and saying, hey, do you fill out your affirmations yet? And so that's kind of what a process champion is. Just you know, we're like the cheerleaders behind the capturing kids' hearts program. Awesome. Um, is it getting to use the same little tools like uh, hilarious Hillary kind of things? <laughs> I, I liked those those things. You had to pick a you know mine mine yeah. um, was uh, I think it was marvelous Michael. Oh okay. Like, yeah. What did you go with for that? No, I think I did. I, it was hilarious Hillary, wasn't it? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm ninety eight percent sure that's what I picked. <laughs> Of course, it's a good fun, and like I said, it makes it fun. I was at Jeffers one, and they were literally dancing on the table. Mm-hmm. So um, things got pretty pretty aggressive there. And I've heard that the Dollar Bay one, the second year, was actually much better for them because it, it was it went into these logistics things that are really important. Right, and a lot of teachers. There are a lot of teachers who don't subscribe to that touchy feely sort of sort of thing. And so when you start talking about the logistics and the practicality of the program, that's when they get on board. You know, you show them the proof that this works and they say, oh, okay, I'm willing to do that. So I love it. Um, and um, I have seen, you know, one of the, my favorite moments from Capturing Kids Hearts is actually down in Lance. Um, there was a teacher that stuck around with the uh, person afterwards and they were basically were like, I don't, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. This doesn't do anything for me. This is after the first day. And they had a discussion for about 20 minutes. And I know because I was waiting for the um, – Mitch was the one doing it, and I was waiting to talk to him about something. So I had to sit and wait for them to finish. <laughs> but um, the conversation was both heated, passionate, and then it was solutions-focused towards the end of it. And he was basically like, well, if you don't want to come back for day two, I, I don't want you to sit here. Um, you're not going to get dinged. But, and, and the teacher ended up at the end of the discussion going, okay, I'll come back. And the second day, you could see midway through that they were they were on board. You mm-hmm. saw the, the benefit to them. Um, you know, you, you know, you've had been through it. You've, you've worked through these, these two sessions. Um, what would you tell an educator or a district that was kind of debating whether this is worth their time or not? Well, I tell them absolutely it's worth your time. I've, and I've had, cause I have, like 
you said, I grew up in Lakeland, and so I have teacher friends all over the UP. And not just teacher friends. Um, your dad was the um, former superintendent there as well, right? Yep, he was. Yep, he was the superintendent and principal at Lakeland, and he was a teacher before that. So, so it's built into the blood. <laughs> yeah, I guess it runs in my blood. My, <laughs> I actually have some aunts and cousins who are also teachers, so I guess yeah. it's just a gene we get. Um, but so anyway, I have a lot of teacher friends like throughout the UP, and they've been especially last summer because that's when you guys started kind of branching out more with capturing kids hearts and getting more schools involved i would have people text me and say i know you did this training what do you have to say about it every time i say absolutely do it you will not regret it go in with an open mind i'm telling you that it'll change your life yeah i love that Uh, that's so wonderful to hear okay so enough capturing kids hearts um if you want to know more about that um search capturing kids hearts on our website it's phfgive.org there's amazing content there we sat and talked with um vern hazard last summer for uh, here on the phf podcast so we'll throw a link out to that i'm gonna guess it was episode 32 uh so i don't know we look for that though it's good content and vern has some amazing things to say about it um the last thing i want to talk to you about is um a recent field trip i saw um for those who watch tv6 regularly um you may recognize hillary's voice because it was recently featured on tv6 about a uh, a field trip you guys went on um going over to adventure mountain in greenland township tell me about that that trip and what that was like yeah so um that was me and then our uh our sixth grade teacher emily carpenter we decided to get the kids together we wanted to get, and it actually started last year. So with COVID and everything, um, taking the kids to a really public area was was out of the question. And so last year, um, Emily had talked to these people from the Greenland Ski Hill, and talked about having that ski hill to ourselves, so we could take the kids, and and it would be okay. It would be you know COVID safe. And so they did that, and we did it again this year. So the the it, it, the Adventure Mountain um, Ski Hill is something that actually was able to start running again because of a grant from Portage Health Foundation, which we absolutely love. And the people over there are great. They're so accommodating. They they want us to be there. And so, yeah, two, it was two weeks ago now. We just, we said, you know what? Let's take a break from the academics. Let's take a break from the books. Let's bring these kids out to this, the Adventure Mountain Ski Hill. And we went skiing and sledding. And they just had so much fun. They just, and I, I still have kids saying, well, that was the best day of school we've ever had. And it's awesome yeah what what a great place what were um you know that in addition to the skiing and sledding there's also a skating rink there Mm -hmm. um and the warm room that um is is a really nice place to hang out what were some of the kids favorite parts about being there um yeah i mean it it depends on the student you ask they loved everything the 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 boys had a and girls i I shouldn't generalize that it was boys and girls had a great time with the skating rink we have some some hockey players in our in our midst, so they they actually Adventure Mountain had some hockey sticks and in, in oh, nice. like a like a garbage bin. So not I mean they weren't garbage, but they just that's where they were storing them. Yeah, and so the boys actually started a game of hockey, and and that was that was really cool to see, and they had a blast. And then we had um, the they have a tow rope at at the ski hill, so you and that to me is the, the coolest thing because we all remember when we were kids and we were sledding the worst part was having to walk back up the hill and so the tow rope actually will bring them up you just get in your sled and it and it pulls you up and the kids loved that um and then i have some students who are really into skiing and snowboarding and and they made a jump and they were very proud of themselves and they probably spent the entire day 
going over that jump over and over again. So, and it's a bigger. Uh, I mean, it's a big. It's a really big sled hill. It's a small ski hill, but it's a big sled hill. It is. Um, I, I mean, it's it's got to be a lot of fun for those kids to be up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had so much fun, and we. I don't know if you remember, but that because this would have been two Fridays ago, two weeks ago. That was when we were we had we were in the middle of a we had a winter storm warning, and so. Uh, we had had freezing rain the night before. And, and oh, so the, it was real fast. Yeah, so the hill was real <laughs> slick. And, the, and the, I, w- I was worried. I was like, oh, n- oh no, this is an accident waiting to happen. But they loved it. They were so excited. Awesome. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk about that is um, we do have, that was, there, that was a fund that was done through our Community and Recreation and Facilities Grant. And that is something we have open right now. The deadline on that is um, the first week of March as well. So if somebody's interested in that, go to phfgive.org slash grants. You can learn more about that. And Hillary, I'm going to put you on the spot here with a couple more questions here. Um, You guys have a school garden. Have you been involved with that at all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, So we we have a school garden. It was... Originally the brainchild of the Gogebic ISD, and so we have these raised flower beds in um, behind the school, and I was actually, I was teaching science for summer school last year, so I was teaching K through 5 science, and we had the, we had the students, um, we, ta- we talked about like life cycles of plants and seeds and, and things like that, and we actually planted our own community garden for the summer, and then the kids got to have some of that food that we grew at the end of the summer. Awesome. What was that like for the kids? What kind of what kind of reactions did you get out of them? Oh, they had so they had so much fun. It was, it, you know, because we talked about it, and before we did anything, I mean, I did I did the science stuff, I did the teacher stuff, and and you know, there are always some kids who just they, they learn better by hands on. In fact, mo- right. I would say most kids do, and right. so that was that was all right. They said, but then when we actually got out there and we planted and we watered, it was their job to water every day and. And um, when we the first seeds started sprouting, it was so cute. I think it was a first grader who said, oh, wow, it's actually real. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, that's what happens. But it was cool because they were able to see it for themselves. And a bunch of them actually went home that last summer and asked their parents to plant gardens, which I thought was really, really neat. Yeah, and that's something that a lot of these kids aren't growing up with like, like they used to. I'm not even going to say I used to. My, my father as a kid had a garden, but it's not something normal in my family necessarily mm-hmm. um, like it was in generations before. So we, we love to hear that, and that's also something we helped grant fund yeah. um, to help getting that garden going. Um, and if you're hearing this gardening thing going and you're excited and you want to get involved, um, there is a seed swap coming at the Portage Lake District Library. Um, go to their website, pldl.org. You can learn more about that seed swap that's coming um hillary i think that's everything i have for you i really appreciate you coming on today um give me give me one more um affirmation about capturing kids hearts so people can can know about it i would say uh one thing we do with capturing kids hearts and i'll keep this brief because i know that that this was meant as a closer question sorry mike but no i like it one of the one of the things we do with capturing kids hearts is affirmations you're you're bringing other people up you're telling them things uh that are good about themselves and i would say that 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 has made the biggest difference in my classroom and not just my classroom but in my colleagues and coworkers lives as well because you do that in capturing kids hearts and it's all about it's all about teaching and reminding people that everybody needs to hear something good every once in a while and so that what that's absolutely what capturing kids hearts is about That makes me so happy to hear that. Thank you so much, Hillary, for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and thank to all of you guys for listening. Um, We will see you on the next podcast.